rounded them up and we put them in the cars. That was the end of the two U bars. Come a tie, Well, I went to the boss for to draw my roll. Boss had me figured nine dollars in the hole. Come a tie, now me and the boss, we had a little spat, so I hit him in the face with a ten-gallon hat. Come a tie, yippee, The boss man said, Well, I'll fire you, not only you, but the whole damn crew. Come a tie, Welcome again, friends, to another incredible episode of Liquored Listings. This is your host coming back at you, Big Earn McCracken. And we have a show going on tonight that I absolutely adore. If you don't know, I play a game called The West Game, but where I first got involved with The West is through Western music. I'm a country Western fan. I am all about this style. So today I am going to count down the greatest list of modern movies, modern country movies, Western movies. It's going to be hard to break it down. It really is. There's so many to go through but it's what's entertaining to me we all have our own perspective on what makes a movie top notch and these are the ones that i still sit back and think about on a daily basis now we had things like 310 to yuma which was unbelievably good but it just didn't qualify for my top six we had ones like Maverick. I really, really wanted to put this one on the list, but I just couldn't surpass it. Mel Gibson and that. It's a poker-playing Western uh, movie, and it's so fun, entertaining. And you know me, I like to laugh. But it didn't quite make the list. Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner. Just it. It wasn't the best Wyatt Earp movie out there. It's so hard to make the definitive list of what is the best of the best in any of the categories that I do. Go back and listen to the shows. You know I'm never wrong. I always give you the best of the best. It's just what I do. Last of the Mohicans. This one was so close to making it. So close. I just couldn't throw it on. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is a master, just a master actor, but I couldn't quite put that one on the list. That just tells you how good, because you want to be entertained. And these six are the ones that enthrall you the whole way through, you know, and they have different reasons for, for enthralling you and why you remember them and how you remember them and it's very very important that we you know take greatness and hold it to a higher standard which is what this top six is so i i don't want to say bad things about any of the the honorable mentions as i just said uh true grit how good was the remake of true grit so damn good just wasn't quite there it's not as memorable and like the book tuck everlasting it's not forever ingrained into your psyche so that's what it took to get my top six and i went six i usually go five sometimes i go seven but i usually like to do a top five but i had to incorporate all six of these because they all are so important to modern western uh, movie cinematic history they have to be on every single buddy's list now this is i calling it modern because 
there are so many John Wayne and Clint Eastwood and, of course, Blazing Saddles and Tom Horn. There are so many pre-1990 movies that just don't make the list. So that's kind of the cutoff where I went there was the 90s. I, I, there might be one on here that was pre-90s, but I mean, it's so close, I'm not really, I, I didn't look up uh, when it was made. But it, still, no list is complete without the one that I'll, I'll show you at number two. And that might be the one that a lot of you don't know, but should. It, it, it really was close to being number one. So, without further ado, I think we just jump into the list today, guys. Now, as always, give me the feedback. I love to hear it. You know, you're going you're gonna to disagree with some of these and think some other movies need to be on here. But, once again, that's why you don't have this type of show, because you're wrong. This is the top six of all-time modern westerns coming in at number six was quentin tarantino venturing into the western genre when he could have got on uh, two ways with quentin tarantino but this one was by far by far his better of the two um you know with leonardo and jamie fox it's really hard to go i mean it's so memorable christoph waltz and that's the that's the scene i'm going to play right now with christoph waltz and uh leonardo dicaprio and this is when they're rescuing here it is number six django unchained come on one more moment doctor what It's a custom here in the South. Once a business deal has concluded that the two parties shake hands, <laughs> it implies good faith. I'm not from the South. But you are in my house, Doctor. So I'm afraid I must insist. Insist? On what? That I shake your hand? Oh, then I'm afraid I must insist in the opposite direction. You know what I think you are? Would you think I am? No, I don't. I think you are a bad loser. And I think you're an abysmal winner. Nevertheless, in Chickasaw County, a deal ain't done until the two parties have shook hands. Even after all that paper signing don't mean shit, you don't shake my hand. If I don't shake your hand, you're going to throw away $12,000? I don't think so. Mr. Pooch. If she tries to leave here before this nigger-loving German shakes my hand, you cut her ass down. To shake your hand. I insist. If you insist. <laughs> if you insist. That was the culmination of so much that had gone on through that movie and bringing it to a head right at the absolute last moment of course he doesn't survive either it's a quentin tarantino movie how many really make it out of tarantino movies alive it's pretty commonplace for most everybody to be dead by the end of the end of the movie but uh, that show brought a different twist that movie brought a different twist on you know, slavery and fighting back and it's completely fictional obviously but it was refreshing 
and it's ingrained in all of our memories with someone like Leonardo and Jamie Foxx leading that cast it's pretty hard for it not to be memorable the acting is absolutely superb Quentin still has his style of of uh, communication that there's always something going on in the background there's always you're waiting to see what happens nobody's safe it's always a refreshing take on anything that he does um, we fell in love with him with Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs and he's continued to impress audiences throughout his career so Django you earned your list here at numbers your place on the list at number six it didn't didn't break the top five but I couldn't quite put the list out without at least giving you your spot because it's always ingrained in the memory i mean sometimes i wonder if it was just quentin's way of saying the n-word as many times as possible because that was the one thing that was really off-putting for me and i i think it was a little excessive a little overdone but i think that was done on purpose on his on his style so it's a really tough call there but it's it's very very memorable and uh the good guys finally win good guys finally win Django Unchained coming in at number six number five is headlined by Emilio Estevez and uh Kiefer Sutherland Lou Diamond Phillips, Christian Slater, um, John Bon Jovi had the soundtrack to it, but it wasn't even really a soundtrack. He just did a did a whole album from the movie, but it was so much better than the original. That rarely, rarely ever happens. Young Guns Two was one of the most phenomenal, phenomenal westerns because it was entertaining the whole entire times. It had such lines as "You." I'll make you famous, you know, and uh, he sent the 17-year-old boy straight into his grave and the rest of us straight to hell. So many good lines from this, but it follows the life of Billy the Kid and how he may have survived. It kind of gave you that that trope that Billy the Kid did survive and lived to be a uh, an old man. And there's still debate on whether that's actually possible. Uh, so it's something to look into throughout history. Chances are Pat Carrot did actually get him and kill him. Uh, but there's still that side where people believe that William H. Bonney, otherwise known as Billy the Kid, did survive and live to a ripe old age contacting reporters in his elder years to get his story out. This is a fun clip from it. It shows the spirit of Billy the Kid. I mean, obviously, it's probably not... has a, probably doesn't have any truth behind it. But the fun... The fun that just comes from this, that's part of the reason why Young Guns 2 worked so well, is it brought not only the fun, joking side of the kid likable side of the kid it brought the serious side out the movie was so well done all around here's the quick scene uh where a bounty hunter claims he's going to kill billy the kid you really gonna kill billy the kid does a horse piss where she pleases <laughs> yeah if he's man enough to come around here is that the gun you're gonna shoot him down with can I touch him? Please? You know, sir, I, I do admire you, and I sure would like to touch the gun that's gonna kill Billy the Kid. You know Iron Boy? Yes, sir. Well, go ahead, then. Have a look. Pass her back. That there gun killed Ed Rollins. Is that right? Hey, Barkeep, let's have a little round of uh, stone fence for every little lady in the house. Okay, pass it back, son. 
Stroke a gun like that, you might as well be stroking a man's woman. Pass it up. behind your way before you get hurt. Um, I'm leaving right now and uh, want to know what to look for in case I run into him. I'll come back and tell you. He's a good-looking kid. Way with the women. <laughs> Dresses like a dandy and he's a left-hander. And people say he's fond of whistling sad ballads. Now, uh, you get out there in the street and you see somebody that fits that bill, well, you just come whispering to me. I see him. Right there, right there. Don't you see him? <laughs> Is that so now? You know, boy, I'm getting a little tired of your wise lip. Now, you, uh, you get yourself someplace else before I <laughs> have to drop your britches in front of all these fine ladies and uh, spank your little bottom blue. Sure, you are a testy little cuss. And just like that, Billy wins again. How <laughs> it's just a rep representation of how fun that movie is. It gives you insight into billy it's earlier on in the movie it gives you insight into how devilish how carefree how wild he was and was known for and that he was still a kid he was still a youth and that's part of the story of billy the kid and that's why he gained so much pay, uh, fame he was you know obviously encapsulated with the dime novel uh genre back in the 1800s where you know these stories were blown way over the top but when you really look into the history of billy the kid he was a he seemed like he was on the right side of the lincoln county war even even though he may have met his demise he was a fighter against local and government corruption and yes he killed many people but oftentimes, you you hear about it all being on the right side of justice and proper justice. So, you know, he, he was defending John Tunstall, and who was murdered from a corrupt corrupt mob at the time. And that this movie really encapsulated keep keep for Sutherland and and Lou Diamond Phillips and Christian Slater really bring that movie to the forefront as supporting actors to uh, Amelia, Emilio Estevez. It really shines through. It's so, like, I can remember every single scene to this day. And that's why Young Guns 2, not the original, although that's still good, it just doesn't compare. Young Guns 2 makes the list coming in at number five. Which leads us to our next one. Not every single Western needs to be gunfighting and gunplay and revenge or anything of the sort. Dances with Wolves are number four on the list. Really brings us to a realization of what Europeans and our white ancestors did to conquer this nation. I mean, they conquered the Native Americans and they ripped them from their way of lives, their ways of life. They were here before us and our conquest, I mean, really disrupted everything that they had known and and done and we we talk about so many other things but the one of the biggest atrocities of all times is what we did to the native americans of this country 
It's absolutely shameful. And this sheds light. This movie sheds light on that. I think it won I think it won Best Picture. I'm I can't remember for sure. But it certainly should have. Kevin Costner was an absolute gem in this. And Kevin Costner's done a lot a few westerns now. Uh Open Range was phenomenal with Robert Duvall. Obviously his his show Yellowstone is a modern day Western. But Kevin Cost and oh I guess you could even include Hatfields and McCoys that was on the History Channel. Kevin Costner is a legend when it comes to this style of work. But this is his coup de grace. This is, this is it. And uh, the scene I'm going to show you is when the army catches up with him back at his army camp after he's already ingratiated and finally become part of the Indian tribe. He was basically left it at an outpost and made friends with the uh, natives on that land at the time. So it's it's really a great insight into, the whole movie is a great insight into what we did as settlers. And I don't even call us settlers, we were conquerors of a very proud, proud nation. Many proud nations. And I wonder what America would be like if people didn't have that same type of conquering spirit. Imagine if they had a way to coexist when we when we uh, first arrived here. Here it is, Dances with Wolves, coming in at number four. What's the army doing out here? Hey, lieutenant's asking the questions. Bauer. charged with apprehending we're charged with apprehending hostiles and recovering stolen property retrieving white captives taken in hostile ratings there are no hostiles we will ascertain that for ourselves now if you'll guide us to these camps and serve as an interpreter your conduct will be reevaluated. what conduct with all due respect your status as a traitor might improve should you choose to cooperate with the united states army there's nothing for you to do out here. You willing to cooperate or not? Well, speak up. Shumani tu tanka obwachimi yelo. What's that? Shumani tu tanka obwachimi yelo. Nitaku napish niello. I am Dances with Wolves. I have nothing to say to you. You are not worth talking to. And he's speaking in the Sioux tongue. Was it a suit? No, was it? Well, it wasn't Sue. I forget. I forget which uh, uh, Southwest um, uh, New Mexico territory, I believe. So let's see. Uh, either way, Apache. I think it was Apache. Either way, it. He had found himself becoming much more appreciative of that society. Versus the society that he had grown up in. In the beginning of the movie, he was a suicidal Civil War hero. And he chose to go out west. And he basically gets abandoned at this random, random fort way out west. And it shows the expansion of the white man. And after all that time, he had found himself part of of their community and when the American army shows up they can't understand why he's still dressed in Indian garb the diary that he had kept writing in the whole time had been used as toilet paper for the two scouts that were ahead such a fascinating movie if you've never seen Dances with Wolves it's got to be on everybody's list 
of movies that you have to watch. It's a great dramatic uh, drama, dramatic film that people need to watch. Not just Western, but everybody should watch this film because of what it entails. It really brings it all home. Coming in at number three is Dances with Wolves, Kevin Costner. Fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Love that movie. And if if it ever pops on the, like, you know when you scroll through your television and you're not really paying attention, you might be fucking facey worlding it or insta Insta, Insta chatting or whatever you guys do with the, your phones these days. You know, I still find myself fucking looking at my cryptocurrencies and other things like that, scrolling through on my phone. But as I'm scrolling through on what I'm trying to watch, if I see Dance with Wolves, I just put it on immediately. It's going on. It's that, that good. You've never watched it. It's time that you do. Number four, Dances with wolves which leads us to number three and this is probably wow this that's this is gonna be a bold statement this is clint eastwood's best western of course he had the help of morgan freeman but i think it was modern and gene hackman as as the bad guy, I mean, fucking how 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 badass can you be having Gene Hackman? And Clint Eastwood is known for his western uh, western movies. You know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the outlaw, Josie Wales. But this one is he's getting older, and this one really just drills it. It's one of the most complete westerns of all time it has all the slow scenes in a typical western you know the monologues the one-liners but not the the seriousness of an aging cowboy like Clint Eastwood is in these type of movies when he gets this old versus when he was young and badass they're two different they hit home completely different here comes in the scene where basically they had they had killed Morgan Freeman's character Ned, his best friend, and guess who comes in to exact vengeance? That's right. That's the clip I'm playing right here from the Unforgiven. We're gonna divide up into four parties. And we'll hit all the farms and the trails to make a big circle. And we're bound to come across somebody who's seen these skunks. Who's the fellow who owns this shit hole? establishment. Bought it from Greeley for a thousand dollars. You better clear out of there. Yes, sir. Just hold it right there. shot an unarmed man well, he should have armed himself he's gonna decorate his saloon with my friend you'd be way money out of missouri kill women and children that's right i've killed women and children killed just about everything that walks or crawled at one time or another and i'm here to kill you little bill you did in that. 
always better move away. All right, gentlemen. He's got one barrel left. When he fires that, take out your pistols and shoot him down like a mangy scoundrel he is. I'm not going to let you hear the rest of that scene if you have never seen The Unforgiven. But, I mean, you heard it, you listened to it right there. You just saw, or listened to how good it becomes. This thing has every Western diatribe in it. It's so, or diatribe in it. It's so nasty. It's so good. It's so on point it's so clint eastwood it, it is a phenomenal phenomenal picture unforgiven i mean the cast is unbelievably good it's hard to hate gene hackman it really is but he makes it so fucking easy so easy in this movie and i love right there in that scene final scene where he be so they hung Ned, his best friend. That was Morgan Freeman's character. They hung him outside of that saloon. First person he kills is the saloon owner. He just tells him to step aside, and he fucking puts a shotgun right to his chest. See you later. You're done, son. See ya. You're out. Out. You're gone. Think of... Uh, and that's the type of style... And beauty of the Western that we all fall in love with. The badass comes into town and fucking exacts revenge. Like I said, this may be. It's certainly his best post-1980. But it might be Clint Eastwood's best Western of all time. And that's saying an absolute absolute ton because we anybody that knows westerns knows that clint has a laundry list laundry list and they're all really really good there it is your number three now we get to the the best of the best the elite we were just at an elite level and we get just a little bit better here i uh i'm tossing this one up uh, but I went with a three-movie epic tale. And it's called Lone Sum Dove, starring, starring Robert Duvall. And he carries, carries this whole, whole three-movie beauty of a western it's all about a cattle drive and tommy lee jones is this partner everybody remembers tommy lee jones and this is something you don't exactly see him in but he nails his role but they're former texas rangers that live in a so texas rangers basically defended texas and the border uh, back in the 1800s and they then decide in their elder years to steal a bunch of cattle and horses from Mexico and drive them north and make their fortune and yeah it's quite a tale it's an unbelievable tale there's there's a love story. There's a couple love stories. Uh, I would say the biggest love story is actually just how much of a bond, because they had been Texas Rangers together for so long. They love and hate each other so fucking much. It's so funny to watch. Then Tommy Lee Jones has an illegitimate son, and there's so many nuances in this story that it's so... I mean, your heart will break. That's all I can say. I won't give it away. Your heart will break if you watch Lonesome Dove. And I, 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 pr 
probably watched this with my father five times. It's a three movie, you know, hour and a half a piece, you know. But I probably, I, I, I tear up when I think about it now. When I think about it now, I tear up a little bit knowing that was one of our bonds and how could the, I just don't want to give it all away because I think this is one of those ones that a lot of you have not seen. I really you will fall in love with both Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall's characters. You will fall in love with them. And here's a quick scene early on in the first movie. Just gives you an idea of who these two two people, two characters are. This is Robert Duvall. They're going in right after they decide to leave Lonesome Dove, Texas and head north on a cattle drive to make their riches. And they stop at a bar. Here it is. Gus McRae at the School of Bartending. What I like about the man, he's a philosopher. Oh, yeah. I hired him to give you somebody to talk to. That'll free the rest of us up, maybe. We'll get a little work done. I like a shot of whiskey, and so would my companion. It ain't too much trouble. Howdy, boy, you got a good game going there? That. You got mud in your ears or what? Rye or what'll it be, old timer? Rye will do, provided it gets here quick. You darn cowboys ought to broom yourselves off before you walk in here. Get all the sand we need without the customers bringing it in. That'll be a dollar. Now, besides the whiskey, I think we'll require a little respect. Now, I'm Captain Augustus McCray. This is Captain Woodrow F. Call. Now, if you care to turn around, you can see how we looked when we was younger and the people around here wanted to make us senators. Now, the thing we didn't put up with then was dawdling service. And as you can see, we still don't put up with it. Watch there. Oh, doing? Now then, if I could have a fresh glass, please. You just broke my nose, you old son of a... Sunny slopes. Long ago. <laughs> it's such a, it's such a great, almost introduction into the, uh, the partnership that they have, and they're leading this large cattle drive, and it shows the differences between the two men. You know, Gus is the fun-loving Robert Duvall's character. He is the fun-loving, over-the-top, womanizing. Typical, like, old-school cowboy that would be romanticized in a Western movie. And then Captain Call, Tommy Lee Jones, is a stoic, say-nothing. Watch his acting in that scene, though. And watch his acting through the whole movie. It's phenomenal. But this is one of those ones that a lot of people, you guys just, a lot of people just don't know about Lonesome Dove and it's one you can find it pretty much on any any platform these days you know but you have to watch it have to watch it and you'll understand why it is number two and I I'm I'm holding back I'm holding back right now because I like I feel if I start talking too much I'm just going to give away too much there are so many nuances and so many 
good scenes and so many character like interactions and why things happen that I like I'm remembering scene after scene after scene and how the main characters and side characters react. Chris Cooper, I mean, there Steve Buscemi's in this. There are so many. Like this thing is an absolute masterpiece, and I can't. I honestly can't believe I have it at number two. I might want to change my mind, but I guess I can't. I guess I can't. But if you have not seen Lonesome Dove, it is time. You wake up and smell the fucking rough-ass coffee that you would smell on the trail. And, and, and take advantage of one of the best cinematic westerns of all time. It is. It's number two. And the only reason it's not number one is because of pretty much Val Kilmer. That's it, and that's all. I mean, that's. I mean, it's not just Val. It's not just Val. But Tombstone is number one because of Val Kilmer. I mean, the ensemble cast is great. It's absolutely fabulous. But we all think of Doc Holliday. Now, who would have thought, who would have thought, that Wyatt Earp almost creating his own legend would have made Doc Holliday the most romanticized Westerner of all time. Like if I if I was a Western, like when I dream of being a Western player, imagine playing in the game Westworld. I would want to be like Doc Holliday, that carefree like I. I don't care if I live or die. And that's the romanticism behind him is that he had tuberculosis and he just pretty much didn't care if he lived or died. Tombstone put that into motion and Val Kilmer played Doc Holliday the way that every single person thinks about Doc Holliday. I can't say it any slower. I can't say it any clearer. It This movie is action-packed. The only downside of this movie is I could give two shits about Wyatt Earp's love life. <laughs> That's, I mean, everything else is just magical in the movie. Every single... Powers Booth... Oh my Johnny Ringo! Oh, it, it like it, this is a western in modern times, and there's nothing. It it just does. The only thing close would be maybe Deadwood, and that's only for true western fans. So let's let's give credit where credits due. Val Kilmer, you created. Your acting took Kurt Russell, Sam Elliott, Power... I mean, man, that thing is loaded. Billy Bob Thornton had a had a small part. Jason Priestley had a very small part. I mean, this thing was loaded with actors. But at the end of the day, Val Kilmer took this to the level that nobody else has ever seen and is so quotable so it's it's what defines the modern western movie give you a give you a few little scenes here here it comes in number one the only tombstone wretched slugs don't any of you have the guts to play for blood? I'm your huckleberry. That's just my game. All right, Lunger. 
You go to hell. I'll put you out of your misery. Say wham. Johnny, don't! I swear to God. Law dog, you don't step aside, we'll tear you apart. You die first, get it? Your friends might get me in a rush, but not before I make your head into a canoe. You understand me? He's bluffing. Let's rush him. No. He ain't bluffing. You're not as stupid as you look, I... And you, music lover. You're next. <laughs> drunk piano player. You're so drunk, you can't hit nothing. In fact, you're probably seeing double. I have two guns, one for each of you. We're here to disarm you. Throw up your hands. It's you now, you son of a bitch. You're a daisy if you do. I'm your huckleberry. Why, Johnny Ringo. You look like somebody just walked over your grave. Fight's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <coughs> Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. And this time, it's legal. All right, Lunger. Let's do it. Say when. He just just never stopped with the whole one-liner. Whoever wrote that screenplay really needs to be acknowledged. So fantastic. I mean, and and Val honestly nailed everything we want to romanticize about being a cowboy. Throwing caution into the wind. Gambler. You know, he had nothing, nothing, nothing to live for. And I think he portrayed that well. He didn't care if he lived or died. If you read or watch a documentary on Doc Holliday, he never really had anything left. Didn't care if he lived or died. That was the truth. And he did become friends with Wyatt Earp and... From that, he goes down in infamy. And that that movie right there and Val Kilmer's portrayal and the whole movie all, all around us. I mean, there's so many, so many. I mean, remember when Powers Booth, after they kill Morgan Freeman and Johnny Ringo goes, Smells like death. And why has to like fucking get the horses moving? And Powers Boo's character. Oh, what was that? Again, I, I forget all the names right now, but that's all right. Uh, he goes, well, bye. 
It's a fucking, it's a GIF. That's what it's called, right? G-I-F. I'm trying to adapt to modern times, but it's called a GIF. Well, bye. There's that pause. There's that fucking, that smirk. You know what I mean? Like, well, when somebody fucking, oh, I'm done talking to you. I'm, you're, you're such an asshole. Well, bye. <laughs> it's so perfect. I don't know. Tombstone had it all. And that's why it comes in at number one. And you know it, and I know it, and nobody else is going to convince me otherwise. It's, they're Holler at me. I don't really care. You're wrong. Coming in at number one, Tombstone and Val Kilmer's one yeah, no, his best performance. 100%, that's his best performance. And that's better than him playing The Doors, uh, Jim Morrison, which was pretty incredibly well done. So, awesome job. There it is, guys. You get your list every single time, and you you know I don't make mistakes. If you think I made a mistake, get a hold of me on Twitter, at Liquor Listings. You know where to find me. On the line app, Flung Dung F L U N G D U N G. If you want to be on the show, give me any topic. You know, I'm going to give you a definitive list and get on the show. That's what you need to do. I know I, I, I have less time. I'm busy right now. I have less time for guests. I know you're sick of my solo shows. However, I don't want to. I, I don't, if we can coordinate times, I'm being honest with you, we will have the greatest time of our lives. I I am that certain that you can't stump me on any top five list that you decide. Other than that, have a great night. Be safe. Have fun. Life is so short. It's all about as many laughs as we can get. Take care. Don't drink and drive. And I love y'all. Big Irma Kraken signing out.